Test, test, test. Here we go. You're listening to The Ranked Podcast, where your hosts, Nick Norris and Justin Knight, are on the hunt for the most iconic year in sports history. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Ranked Podcast. I am Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight. Oh, how's it going? Oh, Justin, I am excited. I really am excited for this episode because, for one, it's it's raining and thundering, so I'm going to sleep well tonight. I don't know if that is picked up in the microphone. Maybe you get some, some free ASMR. Uh, yeah, this, I hope that happens, actually. That would be pretty cool just to have some thunder in the background. We recorded one at the beach one time, and you could hear the waves. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, another reason I'm excited, though, is because we got a lot of emails this week for different years, which confirms to me that people listen to this and that it's not just a weird internet thing that, you know, a, a glitch. We actually do have people listening. That's nice. <laughs> and the email I picked to do this week is a year that I found absolutely hilarious, and I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, because Lindsay has suggested we talk about the year 1904, which she claims mm. has the dumbest Olympic marathon in history. And yes, oh. she's 100% right. I can't wait to talk about it. Okay, I'm excited to hear this. But uh, first, Justin, let me paint you a picture of what the year 1904 was like. A terrible mm. time to be alive. The That's Russo-Japanese the... War kicked yes. off. Yeah. The two fought over Manchuria and Korea. The population was just 4.378 billion. Uh, New York City subway opens, and the U.S. begins construction on the Panama Canal. Ooh, nice! That was a long and uh, deadly uh, challenge. I mean, that took uh, what did that take? Like 20 years or something? Long time, a yeah. long time. But you're probably asking, Justin, what about we're hearing all this this world news? But what about the average Joe? So let me tell you about the average Joe, if you don't mind. Okay. Can you guess what the average life expectancy in the U.S. was in 1904? 1904, I'd probably say like 55 to 60. 47. Wow, even worse. Yeah, I, thought by, I thought by 1904 it'd be a little higher than 47. 46 for men, 48 for women. So 47, Jeez, right? Miserable. I mean, just think... Um, Anybody turns 50 now, that's it's like, hey, hey, you still got like 30, 40, year, 40 years left. Yeah, Tom Brady would nearly be dead in 1904. <laughs> that's weird. Uh, there were just 8,000 cars in the country and only 144 miles of paved roads in the entire United States. Yeah, I mean, I would say cars, I mean, that was just around the time it was invented. Uh, because that's there was cool. few cars, though, Justin, and uh, because there were so few roads, you... You, you you probably think that you wouldn't have to worry about much on the roads, but what what do you think the the max speed limit in most cities was in 1904? Um, max speed limit probably like five or ten. Yep, ten miles per hour is the max yeah. speed limit, even though there's no other cars cars on the road. Hey, those <laughs> uh, horses, you know, they can they can run, they can move. Yeah. That's true, I guess. I forget that horses are out there. Uh, only 14% of the homes had the luxury of a bathtub, and only 8% had a telephone. The cost of a phone call from Denver to New York City, lasting only three minutes, 
cost $11, or in today's money, $343. Yeah, I don't think anybody was doing that. No, no. Uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Iowa, and Tennessee were more populated than California. And can you guess what the population in Las Vegas was in 1904? Las Vegas in 1904? Golly, was Las Vegas even a city yet? It was. It was a city. Um, I don't know, like five, ten thousand. Thirty. Okay. Thirty yeah. people, not thousand. Thirty. Oh, thirty people. people. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. There was there was thirty people in Las Vegas in nineteen oh four. I guess they were. What were they doing? Digging for gold out there? Uh, I maybe. I don't know. Uh, the average wage in the U.S. was $0.22 cents an hour, with the average worker earning around 200 to $400 a year. But that mm. really was okay, because sugar costs $0.04 cents a pound, eggs cost $0.14 cents a dozen, and many farm women raised chickens to have eggs to sell for a little extra spending money. Coffee was $0.15 cents a pound. And back in 1904, those were basically the only things you could buy, so what else do you need money for? Sure. Uh, most women only wash their hair once a month, and use borax or egg yolk for shampoo. Once a month, eh? And more than 95% of all births took place in the home. Uh, and most women did not reveal they were expecting a child. It was simply not discussed. Oh, okay. Uh, 90% of all U.S. physicians had no college degree. Medical schools provided diplomas, many of which were condemned by the press and the government. And most doctors were scorned as drunkards and hooligans. Many were paid in goods, such as sack potatoes or turnips, for a house call. Uh, and just some more additional facts here. The Eiffel Tower was the tallest structure in the world. Not very tall. Um, the five leading causes of death in the U.S. in 1904 were pneumonia and influenza, tuberculosis, diarrhea, heart disease, and stroke. Mm, so I feel like the worst thing to die from would be diarrhea. Yeah, that would be brutal. Mm. That'd be really bad. Crossword puzzles, canned beer, and iced tea had not been invented until 1904. Uh, and those things weren't invented in 1904, except probably iced tea, which is conflicting reports on it. That one may have been invented in 1904. Okay. I mean, I don't uh, like iced tea, so. Yeah, we're ne- neither of us are huge fans of it, but everybody else around us is here in Alabama. Uh, some other inventions, though. The ice cream cone. X-rays, fax machines, the teddy bear, the telephone answering machine, the first flat disc phonograph, the tea bag, which was created by accident. He was just trying to make a little thing of tea, and then people started dumping them in uh, bags. Canada Dry. Uh, is it Haveline or Havilon? Haveline? I have no idea what that is. Uh, it's like a, a brand. Uh, Ovaltine. Oh, the, nice. The Wright Flyer 2, which could fly for a total of five minutes. Not the first Wright Brothers plane, but the second version. Hey, five minutes, you'll take it. The second and third version of the Ford, the Model B and C uh, Ford car. And the first Rolls-Royce, which is called the Rolls-Royce 10 HP, which <laughs> looks, it looks incredible. If you look that up, that is a beautiful car. Like, that is, it is amazing. I'm not a car guy, but even, I even look at it, I'm like, that's yeah. it, that's incredible. Uh, also, the Gillette razor blade and the T-shirt were all invented in 1904. Mm, very nice. Uh, in pop culture, Peter Pan first premiered in London. The first New Year's Eve celebration held in Times Square happened in 1904. And the first use of the word hangover was used. Before uh-huh. this, people used to say that they felt crapulous whenever they were hungover. 
I like that term. That should that should make a comeback. Yeah, that's better. I think crapulous. That's way better than a hungover. Yeah, I'm hungover. Crapulous. I'm feeling crapulous. That's way better. <laughs> I think. Uh, stick your picky out. I'm feeling crapulous today. <laughs> well, Justin, we need to talk about the sports. I've blabbered on for too long about the world, then, sure but did. I found I found a lot of that interesting. Hopefully, other people did too. But Justin, why don't you start us off? in January of 1904, and let's talk about all the sporty little things that happened that year. All right, 1904. You know, I would think probably not too much happening in the sports world, but let's get a look here. Uh, January 4th, you had the Stanley Cup, um, Aberdeen Pavilion in Ottawa, Ontario, the Ottawa HC uh, they beat Winnipeg Rowing Club 2 to nothing for a 2-1 Challenge Series victory. Uh, January 28th, you have the first college sports letters given to seniors who played on the University of Chicago's football team are awarded blankets with the letter C on them. Very nice. <laughs> so they don't even, hard it's not even on their blanket. Yeah, not even on their jersey. They just get a blanket. <laughs> here's a blanket to keep you warm. And that house, that's not going to keep you warm. So here's a blanket to help you out there. <laughs> February 25th, uh, Stanley Cup. You have the Ottawa Silver. Uh, they sweep Toronto Mulberries. I tell you what, they all had better names back in the day. Uh, yeah, they, they did. They swept them in two games. Yeah, and apparently the Stanley Cup just went on for forever back then, too, because it, it doesn't stop until, like, March or April. I was about uh, to say, I was like, didn't I just say Stanley Cup on January yeah. 4th, and now I'm February 25th? So I guess back then the, the whole playoff was called the Stanley Cup. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Yeah. So March 2nd, the Stanley Cup continues uh, West in uh, Westmount, Quebec. Montreal Wanderers and Ottawa uh, HC tie 5-5. Five to five. But Montreal is disqualified for refusing to play the second game in Ottawa. And that, oh. that's something we're going to see a lot of in this episode. When people didn't want to do something, they just didn't. They're like, this isn't, I've got to work. I'm gonna, I, I don't have time for this. I just won't play. So we're going <laughs> to see that I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, March 9th, Brandon's Lester Patrick becomes first hockey defenseman to score a goal. Um, and on March 11th, the Stanley Cup continues with Ottawa Silver 7 sweep Brandon Wheat Kings in two games. Um, so I uh, don't know if that's the end of it. I think that's the end of it. I think that was like the final. I know that Ottawa wins it regardless, but I think that was the final. Like that was the actual Stanley Cup. The Brandon Wheat Kings. The Brandon Wheat Kings. Hmm. All right. Uh, on to April. April 5th, you have the first international rugby league matches played between England and uh, other nationalities, like uh, Welsh and Scottish players, and Central Park, Wingen, England. Uh, April 21st, Ty Cobb. He makes his pro debut for Augusta, the South Atlantic League. That's pretty uh, May big. May 5th, yeah, Ty Cobb is, uh, whenever you think baseball, he's one of those guys that you think about. Um, May 5th, uh, Cy Young, another huge one. Uh, he pitches the first perfect game in the modern baseball as the Boston Americans beat Philadelphia Athletics 3 nothing. And, of course, Cy Young has a award named after him for the best pitcher in the uh, National League and American League. Yeah, that's, that's big, too. Yep. Uh, May 21st, you have the Federation Internationale de Football Association, FIFA, uh, they form in Paris. That's pretty big, too. That's huge, yeah. For, Considering, yeah, I mean, soccer's the biggest sport in the world. So by yeah, a long good. shot. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's huge. Yeah, that's, I mean, the, that's probably, have, it's probably sorry, the biggest thing ahead. this I'm year. I'm just, 
just yeah. keep interrupting that's, you. That's, okay. <laughs> that's probably the biggest thing this year. So I was going to say. That's, yeah, I mean, considering billions of people watch the World Cup whenever that happens, I'd say it's a pretty big deal. Um, May 27th, uh, Giants first baseman Dan McGann. He collects MLB record five stolen bases and 3-1 win over the Brooklyn Superbus. Superbus? I guess. The, Superbus? I guess. At Polo Grounds, a very famous stadium in uh, New York City. Record broken in 1991 by Otis Nixon. That's a long-standing record right there. I'd say so. Uh, June 10th, we're flying through this year, by the way. <laughs> I love 10th. it. <laughs> uh, I, love, I love these old years where not a lot happens. Uh, British Open men's golf. Jack White wins his only major title. One stroke ahead of runners-up James Braid and J.H. Taylor, both former champions. Uh, later that month, June 21st, the Boston Herald tells of Red Sox trade, quote, Daughtery as a Yankee, the first known reference to New York club as Yankees, that they later adopt yeah. that name in 1913. So that's pretty right. cool. That, yeah. I bet he got no royalties for coming up with that either. I guarantee nope. it. Um, and then a few days later, on June 28th, Wimbledon's women's tennis, reigning champion Dorothy Chambers beats Charlotte Cooper 6-0 to 6-3. All right. Uh, July 1st. You had the third Summer Olympic Games in St. Louis, the first held in the United States. Let, well, can I, let me tell you some things about this really quickly before you go on, too. Cause All right. I need, I need everyone to kind of understand this was only the third, you know, major modern Olympic Games, and it, is, it was almost nothing like it is today. So this one in particular is the first one in America, like you said. Only 12 countries show up to this. Very <laughs> well. And Americans, Americans accounted for 523 of the 630 total athletes. So over half Jeez. of the events were contested entirely by Americans and no one else. <laughs> okay, so because of that, that numerical advantage, the U.S. would go on to win a total of 239 medals, the most ever <laughs> haul in a single Olympics. And the near sweep was not without controversy because the U.S. was criticized for fielding several European immigrants who still weren't citizens. And as recently as 2012, oh. Norway was still calling for the International Olympic Committee to officially change the nationality oh of God. two gold uh, medal-winning wrestlers. What are you doing 108 years later still complaining about the third <laughs> Olympics? Uh, also, as, as you know, Justin, the Olympics typically last a little over two weeks, right? Yep. This one went on for nearly five months, 146 days. Okay, I don't know what you do for five months, but all right. Well, one of the reasons for that is because often the people competing in these weren't actual athletes. They just showed up on the day. Like they, it was people that were like rich enough and bored enough to be like, "Yeah, I, I don't have to work today. I'll go do that." And so they would just show up. Sometimes people would go in and just compete in three different events in a day and win all of them because nobody else was really doing it. So that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, because. Yeah, so like because there were I guess so few people attending, and it had to be, it had to be like spread out so that the same people could come back and do these events. Yeah. Um. So, and you know that was definitely the case with the men's Olympic marathon in 1904. But we're gonna get to that at the end of August. So just a little sizzle for later. But yeah, please please continue, Justin. I just felt like I needed to explain all that really quickly. Oh, good times. All right, July 9th, you had the U.S. Open men's golf where. At uh, Glenview uh, Golf Club, defending, uh, defending champion Willie Anderson of Scotland, he wins the third of his four Open titles, five strokes ahead of runner-up Gilbert Nichols. Uh, Nichols. 
And then July 24th, you have the second Tour de France, won by Henry Cornet of France. Probably not how you say your name, and I'm so sorry. I know I you're not alive, but I'm no, so he's sorry. Not. Probably Cornet, but I don't know. I don't speak yeah, France. Probably. French. Yeah, probably. Uh, August 25th, champion James J. Jeffrey scores a second-round TKO win over Jim, Jack Monroe in San Francisco. Jeffries retires after a seventh heavyweight boxing title defense. I looked up a picture of this guy, James J. Jeffries. Um, I think just about anybody could beat him in boxing today. I think me and you would have a good <laughs> shot against him. He is one of those guys that was raised completely on milk and steak, and he's built like a barrel, but he would be out of stamina in four seconds. So. <laughs> But if he hits uh, you, though, it's probably not good. If he hit you, yeah, it's not ideal. So now we're coming up to the big one, Justin. The On August 30th, Thomas Hicks wins the third Olympic marathon. And we need to talk about this Olympic marathon. So let me get it pulled up here. Uh, so this is just basically from the Wikipedia page. Uh, but I have looked all this up to make sure it is real. So um, this marathon, it was a distance of 24.85 miles, 40 kilometers. Um, and then while 32 athletes representing four nations competed, only 14 managed to finish the race, um, which oh proved gosh. to be a bizarre affair due to poor organization and officiating. Mm. Uh, so let me tell you why this is so funny. I'm so glad that uh, Lindsay sent this in for us to talk about. Okay, so... Uh, this is the third appearance of the marathon event, yada, yada, yada. Um, Arthur L. Newton of the United States was the only runner from 1900 to return, yada, yada, yada. Uh, here we go. The first to arrive at the finish line after three hours and 13 minutes, more than 13 minutes slower than the winning time in 1900, was Fred Lors. And after being held the winner, he had his photograph taken with Alice Roosevelt, daughter of then U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt, and was about to be awarded the gold medal when his subterfuge was revealed. Lors, suffering cramps, had actually dropped out of the race after nine miles and hitched a ride back to the stadium in a car, waving oh at gosh. spectators and runners alike during the ride. When the car broke down at the 19th mile, he re-entered the race and jogged across the finish line. <laughs> Upon being confronted by officials, Lors immediately admitted his deception, and despite his claims he was joking, the AAU responded by banning him for life. This was later de- later reduced to just a year, and it was found that he had not intended to defraud. Lors later ran, uh, won the 1905 Boston Marathon, which to me there says he could have won this. He just didn't want to. He thought it'd be fun. Yeah. But that's not the weirdest part. So Thomas Hicks, he ended up the actual winner of the event due to Lors being disqualified, although he was also aided by measures that would not have been permitted in later years. Ten miles from the finish... Hicks led the race by a mile and a half, but he had he had to be restrained from stopping and lying down by his trainers. From then until the end of the race, Hicks received several doses of, I think it's called strychnine, which is rat poison. They gave him rat poison, which stimulates the nervous system in small doses mixed with brandy. Oh my gosh. He continued to battle onwards, hallucinating barely able to walk for most of the course. When he reached the stadium, his support team carried him over the line, holding him in the air while he shuffled, shuffled his feet as if still running. So he was still, like, even though the other guy was carried by a car, this guy was just carried by two other guys. <laughs> uh, if he had to be carried off the track and might have died in the stadium had he not been treated by several doctors. He Jeez. lost, listen to this, in three hours over the course of the marathon, he lost eight pounds. 
Yeah, I'd say that's not very healthy. I'd say he probably didn't die from exhaustion. It was probably from being fed rat poison. Is what nearly killed. Yeah, him. I would. I would say so. Rat poison is probably not the best thing to try to, a, a performance enhancing drug. I don't think I'd go with rat poison, but. But here's the thing. It, it's this isn't. That's not even the weirdest part. It keeps going. It keeps going. This is like a Monty Python sketch. So <laughs> another near fatality during the event was William Garcia of the U.S. He was found lying in the road along the marathon course with several internal injuries caused by breathing the clouds of dust kicked up by the race officials' cars. Oh, my gosh. I doubt that's what. I, it was probably 30 years of smoking that did that to him. But probably. sure, if it's the dust off the cars, whatever. But there's more, Justin. Cuban postman... I remember we said anybody can do this. Cuban postman and Darren Carvajal had all had joined also joined the marathon uh, marathon arriving at the last minute. Like I said, a lot of people did back then. After losing all of his money in New Orleans, Louisiana, he hitchhiked to St. Louis and had to run the event in street clothes that he cut around the legs to make them look like shorts. Not having eaten in forty hours, he stopped off in an orchard en route to have a snack on some apples which turned out to be rotten. The rotten oh. apples caused him to have stomach cramps, and he had to lie down and take a nap. Despite oh falling gosh. ill from the apples and taking a nap, he finished in fourth place. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, during the race, uh, John Lorden, who had won the 1903 Boston Marathon, was violently ill after 10 miles and retired, while Sam Mailer, or Meller, who had won the 1902 Boston Marathon, was also overcome by the dust. Despite leading the field at the halfway mark, he dropped out of the race after 16 miles. Jeez. Arriving without correct documents, Albert Corey, a French immigrant to the U.S., is inconsistently listed as performing in a mixed team in the four-mile race with four undisputed Americans and performing in the U.S. in the marathon. And South African entrants uh, Lynn Tenyon and Jan Mashiani Finished ninth and twelfth respectfully. This was such a this was a disappointment as many observers were sure Tao could have done better if he had not been chased nearly a mile off course by wild dogs. Wild dog. <laughs> this is a nightmare. So Golly. one guy hitched a ride, he won. But then they said you don't count because you didn't really win. The other guy he gets carried by people and they say okay whatever I guess this guy wins. <laughs> one eats an apple and takes a nap. Then this is fourth. One of them nearly dies from breathing in too much dust, and the other one gets chased a mile off track, a full mile by wild dogs. What a great time to be alive! I want to look up what um how what is the like the record now for the forty? What did I say it was forty kilometers. Yeah. Forty kilometer race. Uh, what am I looking for? I can't think of the word. I'm just say best. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Record. That's what I'm looking for. Record. Yeah, record. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you say it? I don't know what you're talking about. Surely <laughs> he knows the word. Record. Okay. So the record is two hours and one minute and 39 seconds. This was three Jeez. and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> considering most of them had to lay down and take naps, I guess it's not too bad. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Considering nobody's trained like they are today. Yeah. That's hilarious, though. That's insanity. That's that's really good. I'm glad we got this request. Uh, finishing up the year, though, October 8th, the Vanderbilt Cup, first major trophy in American auto racing, is conducted on public roads in Nassau County of Long Island, New York. Uh, the inaugural winner, American driver George Heath, in a Panhard. Panhard. Nice. Panhard? 
I don't know. Sure. Uh, November 12th, the ninth Iron Bowl. Uh, Auburn beats Alabama 29-5 in Birmingham. Weird and score. then December 19th, uh, Dawson City hockey team. They begin their nine-day walk to get a boat to Seattle to catch a train to Ottawa to play in Stanley Cup on January 13th, 1905. It sounds like a miserable time to be an athlete. The early 1900s. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> Nine-day walk to catch a boat to catch a train to play in a different city. And then you have to yeah, do all what, that. What do you think that. they're making, like two bucks a game or something? <laughs> There's a documentary on uh, ESPN+. Plus. I can't remember what it's called, but it's about the history of the SEC football. And they talk about like how some of the first teams... They just have to get, like, to be able to play in a way schedule, they just have to get on a train and ride oh. that train down every track and just stop at whatever college was there and hope the other team would play them. And, like, some uh, guys would yeah. forget their cleats and then they'd have to play seven games straight mm. without cleats on, like, a, a four-month-long adventure or whatever. Yeah. Sounds miserable. It does. Uh, some other some other quick facts that I just didn't I didn't want to put dates to. I thought we'd just rattle them off here. American League Baseball Champions, Boston Americans. The National League Baseball Champions, Pittsburgh Pirates. Probably the last time they won one. World Series yeah. Champions, the Boston Americans. Uh, the Challenge Cup Champs, Ottawa Hockey Club. The U.S. Open Golf, Willie Anderson. U.S. Tennis for men's and ladies was uh, Holcomb Ward and May Sutton. Wimbledon for men and women were Lawrence Doherty and Dorothy Douglas. And NCAA football champions were Pennsylvania and Michigan because there was no, you know, playoff or bowl. So it was just, oh, you both got good records? Great. You're, you're the winners. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, some famous birthdays from that year. Um, Johan or Johnny Wasmuller. We've talked about him before. He's the Romanian-American actor who played Tarzan, and he was a Olympic swimmer, five-time gold. Uh, he was born this year. We talked about him the year he died, actually, 1984. You can go back to that episode. Some weird stuff oh, that year yeah. as well. Uh, Chuck Klein, American Baseball Hall of Fame right fielder. He had, he had the Triple Crown in 1933. MLB All-Star that same year and many other awards. He was born that year. And Danny Schutt, American golfer, British Open in 1933. PGA Championships from 36 to 37. He was born in Cleveland that year. Very nice. Not significant deaths. like rec- Let me rephrase that. Not recognizable name deaths that year because not many huge athletes but uh vincent tancred from south africa cricketer he uh died that week he i mean that year he actually committed suicide at 28 which is terrible um and um that same year tom emmett an england cricket fast bowler he had seven tests famous round arm action he died at 62 that year but that wraps up whatever year this was 1904 so, what a thank great you, year! That was fun. I liked that year a lot. The, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, we have some more. Uh, we'll talk about those here in a minute. What we're going to do next week, but uh, first, we got to rank this year. We got to rank 1904 amongst all the others. Mm. Yeah. So Ugh. let's go over the main things. There was the third ever Olympics. Yep. Um, FIFA was invented. Yep. Yeah, Ty Cobb making his debut. And um, who was the other baseball guy? Cy Young had through yeah, the Cy first Young. ever perfect game. That's pretty big, yeah. Yeah. But that's it, right? There's nothing else outside of that. No. Yeah, I mean, it was baseball, of course, because that was the main thing. And then, of course, the Olympics. But, um, yeah, uh, not really anything else. No. So, because like, this is basketball isn't... and football, really. Right. I mean, I don't even think basketball was really even a 
big thing. No, yet. no, it wasn't. It wasn't the modern game for sure. So no, um, football. This isn't going to rank with people dying on the field. This, this isn't going to rank high, but I think that the creation of FIFA is the only thing that keeps this from being like a, a twenty. Like that's going to bump yeah. it up a bit because I think that makes it like I think that itself is worth quite a quite a bit. Um, I'll give it. I'm thinking a fifty-two. A fifty. So I should explain how we do this. So we rank these years. We give it a numerical number. One being the worst. One hundred being the best. You say a fifty-two. Want me to say some other years around that time that we've we've awarded? Yeah, we said go that. Ahead. We said 1869, we gave it a 60. That was the first college football game, the first pro baseball team, the first bicycle race. 1954, yeah. we gave it a 50. That was the creation of Sports Illustrated, Sneed versus Hogan, and Hank Aaron's debut year. And then 1927, we gave it a 42. That's when Babe Ruth broke just about every single record. Charles Lindbergh flies across the nation, and the long count boxing match. So yeah, what did you say again, a 52? 52, yeah. Yeah, it's it's bigger than 1954, which I gave a 50. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. Is it as big as 19 or 1869? Because you had the first college football game, first pro baseball team, first bicycle race. I don't think it's no. that big, but no. I think it's cl- I'm going to say, I will give it a, a 56. So what is that, a 54? Right. 54, yeah. Okay, so. That's fair. I think I agree 19, with that. 04, a 54. Um, we got to put FIFA, uh, FIFA creation as the first thing because we always list three things to go along with it. Uh, so we just put Cy Young and Ty Cobb. Yep, yep, and then the Summer Olympics. And third Summer Olympics. Marathon disaster. <laughs> I'll put that here. I'll put marathon disaster. There you go. Awesome. Well, that was hey, a yeah, great that was a great year. year. I'm glad someone actually because. I mean, I don't think anybody would have thought of that. Um, no, I would have never found this if it wasn't no, for I, that email. I mean, I've never yeah. never heard of it. I've never really studied the Olympics or really, I don't really know much about anything or the beginning. I mean, of course, we all know it started way back in Greece, but the modern Olympics, I don't really know much about any of that. Or So that, that was pretty interesting. Well, like I said, we got a few emails. So next week, we're going to uh, do a request by Michael. He requests, requests we look at the year 1975, which, Justin, uh, you're going to like this year because that's the year that Pete Rose is MVP of the World Series, who you always hey, bang on about. He should be in the Pete Hall of Fame. Pete Rose so. should be in the Hall of Fame. And that was actually included in the email. Michael said, I can't remember his wording. I don't have it in front of me. He said 1975, Pete Rose for Justin or something like that. So very hey, good. I, I'm glad he, he really listens. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps it up. Uh, if you want to listen to more of us, you can listen to our other show, The Game Managers Podcast. comes out every Sunday at 6 p.m. Uh, on all podcast apps. Be sure to w- visit our website, thegamemanagers.com, to find all our uh, podcasts and news and anything else you like there. Uh, Justin, anything else? Um, no, I think you hit it on the head. Yeah, yeah. thank you all for listening. Um, and thank you all for sending the years. Yeah, this is fun. We love... Uh, Get your ideas in some years and see what happened. All right. Well, goodbye, everyone. We'll see you Sunday. All right. Rory Galena ways. Test, test, test. Here we go. You've been listening to Ranked, the most iconic year in sports history. Please remember to like and subscribe.